How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, it's been you what? Two, 18 months. I know. Yeah, man. Oh, where do you want me to sit? Yeah, no, no, just there. Just, just sit. Yeah. Just sit there. Don't come and, and do media, you know, because I know you're you're a media guy now. The whole media thing. Is that yeah. mic comfortable for you? You can yeah, push yeah, it away. Yeah, yeah, I'm all right with that. Yeah. You can push as it away. As long as you can hear it. How long have you been set up in there? Thank um, you. Maybe three years now. Really, yeah. We've been doing this podcast three years in April. You must have been here about four years now, then. Me? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. About everything? How, how long? This is all him. Yeah? This is, this is all him. Right, okay. And have you like, known each other? No, just like three years now. Right, yeah, since, okay. Since, since I started. Yeah. Yeah, people listening probably can hear the accent now. So they just know things have just changed up. So, um, <laughs> I'm a long way from home. Yeah. Um, guys, we have um, Joe Thompson here. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Met you like 18 months ago at yeah. the Sport Bible event. Yeah. Well, I knew of you before that, mm-hmm. but um, met you properly 18 months ago. Asked him to come on the podcast and he was, he didn't rate me. He didn't, nah, he didn't rate me. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like no, no, I'm playing. I'm, like <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. But this is when you, you were still playing them times, isn't it? Yeah. So still playing. Mm. It was coming to an end and I knew it was coming to an end. Hence why I didn't like the big piece for for Sport Bible. Mm. Um, but I'm a man of my word. I said I'd come through and I'm here. You did. You did. Took 80 months, but it's to be honest, it's better now. five hours today. Oh, mate, you're a busy guy. It's quick. Nah, it's not even that. The world's gone crazy. It's stopped. Mate, and traffic is just... Because even us getting what? here, something that would normally take 20 minutes or like 45 minutes. Well, I asked him, I said, how far away is it? He was like, uh, 18 miles. I was like, yeah, well, mm. you know, this time of day will be 40 minutes. Nah. He said, it'd be two hours. I said, well, I better get some sleep. Oh, did you get some sleep? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're well, you're well rested then. <laughs> you're well rested. But um, yeah, man, what's, what's, been, what's been going on since you... Wait, this is your first season out, isn't it? First real season, yeah. Mm. Just 12 months virtually. How's um, it? Oh, wait, when did you actually officially announce retirement? We'll go February before? last year. Oh, yeah. you knew? Yeah. Okay, we're going to get into like mm-hmm. your whole your whole thing in, in, in a second. But when you actually retired, was it a thing of, you know what? I can't, like you just don't have it in you anymore. Or you just thought there's bigger things in football. There's bigger things in football. Yeah. I got to that point. Um, I'd started doing what I was, I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was... Wasn't able to train nowhere near as much as I'd like to. Mm. Um, so it got to a point where I was thinking to myself, I'm an all-in type of guy. So yeah. I'd rather, you know, say thank you very much to football. Mm. It's been an amazing part of my life. Mm. Uh, enjoyed every moment of it. But I'm going on to different things now. Do you miss it? Uh, I miss Saturdays. Don't I miss, miss training. Not yeah. training. Don't miss training. <laughs> I don't miss training. Um, yeah, there's loads of things with football. I miss the change rooms and, you know, a lot mm. of people or and ex-players will say they miss the changing rooms. Yeah. I think when I eventually stop playing, because obviously I'm at Harringay now, so yeah. I think when I eventually stop playing, that's all I'm going to miss. The even, changing rooms. Yeah. Because even now, training is just, you don't really fancy it until you're there. And I think now, because I used to actually love training. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, Oh, and then um, 
yeah, I'm going to miss the banter. You know, it's the Saturdays, hearing the music over the tunnels and, and stuff like that. But I think I've only got, after this season, I think I've only got one year left in me, man. Do you think? So that is it. It's that... That three o'clock or just before three o'clock. Yeah. Tunnel. Yeah. Ready to compete. You're like, because yeah. training's done now. Mm. You know, it's time to do yeah. the real thing. And like you say, the music, the fans. Mm. Uh, and that moment, like, I love competing. Like, I'm the worst. Whether mm. it's card game, whatever. Yeah. I'm a bad loser. Um, but yeah, those Saturdays are what I miss. So sometimes... Do you still have a kick about though? Not really, no. So... I like do time, time to time, mm. um, but I just wanted to stop yeah. and have a rest and try new things and venture off into different areas. Okay, um, so with you now, you obviously start. You started at Man United, didn't it? Did I read that as a kid? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Off at Man United. Mm-hmm. So you're Manchester boy? Not originally, no. No, where are you from? Um, originally born down in Bath. Oh, really? Mm. You must have gone quite early, though. So yeah, the kind is- of the story is. I got brought to Greater Manchester mm. um, at the same time my mum got sectioned on a psychiatric unit. Yeah, oh wow. Um, and my dad was never around, so my auntie came down and stopped me and my younger brother from going into uh, social care mm. and social services. So that's where it all really came about. And yeah. while my mum was receiving care down in Bath... Um, you know, I soon got to the northwest and realized that the whole place was infatuated with football. Yeah, man. And that was my way of integrating into a new community, mm. new school, um, and trying to basically make new friends. Yeah, were you always um like involved in football? Like, did you love football? Was it literally when you got there? You no, thought, oh. when I got there, mm. yeah. I always knew I was like quite gifted from, you know. And athleticism, mm. you know, and I've always enjoyed playing sports and stuff like that. But uh, football, up until when I got there, it was just like, it was everywhere. You, you know, playground, the way you turned, people kicking ball on the street. Yeah. So that was, like I say, my way of, you know, getting in with How did you, kids. when did the, like the first big, big break come? Because obviously you didn't stay at United. Yeah. You, you went and moved on. What happened for you to move on? Was it that, you know what, they're not offering you the um, the pro or... Yeah, so I signed at nine um, and was there till I was 16. Mm. And then it was just like a lot of lads at that age, yeah. you know, decisions need to be made with football clubs and I wasn't physically developing. Mm. Um, they'd even gone as far as sending me for a hand scan. Yeah. To predict <laughs> my height, to see if they oh, really? could predict my height, yeah. Um, Did they get it right? They got it wrong. It's a bit of a laughing yeah. joke now when I go in and work with yeah. some of the coaches and you're the quite, players like, there. I told you, you must be six two. Six foot one, yeah. Oh yeah, six one. Yeah. Yeah, you must be. So they told me I'd be five foot nine, five <sighs> foot ten tops. Um, but like I say, I wasn't impacting the game. Mm. Nowhere near as I'd like to. And you know, at that age, some guys just shoot up and yeah. chest airs and all of that. And I was way behind. So at what age did you like really start to shoot up? Uh, probably about six to eight months after that. Um, Did you already have your club by then? Yeah, so I'd gone on trial at a few places. Mm. Um, been at Blackburn, had a look at Wigan and various other clubs because there's loads in and around. And it was just my high school 
uh, PE teacher just said to me, why don't you go down to Rochdale? Mm. And I was like, no disrespect, but yeah. you know, well, I've been here and all these teams are wanting to have a little look at me. But he was right, you know, he could see that I'd lost my confidence and mm. the love for the game. So he said, why don't you just go and, you know, be that kid in the playground again mm. and enjoy yourself. He did well at, R- at Rochdale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Enjoyed did. it. Yeah. You know, to be fair to them and the manager at the time, they said, we want to get you in the first team by 17. Mm. Uh, and, he, you know, they stuck to their word. And like you say, I was enjoying it, playing. And that's what it was all about, really. Yeah. Okay. So um, only because of time, I'm literally just, mm-hmm. just flying. So what people are probably wondering that like you're 31. Yes. You're 31 and you've already retired from football. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, we spoke a bit about um, the fact that you missed a, a lot of football. What happened? Obviously, I know what happened. Uh-huh. What happened? What was the first major setback like, Setback that, that happened? Yeah, so the first major setback was, like you say, playing at Rochdale, doing really well. Mm. I had, you know, dreams and aspirations to really kick on and climb the leagues. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I'd done everything possible at Rochdale. We've been mm. promoted, scored goals, was a big part of a, a successful team. And I wanted to move on and I moved on to Tranmere. And, um, you know, when a bid comes in, you feel like you're, and it's accepted, you feel like you're half out the door. Yeah. And then for that first year at Tranmere, it was stop start. I really struggled to integrate into new changing rooms, uh, big egos, big characters. Mm. Uh, but I said to myself going into the second Season, I want to justify the price tag yeah, and yeah, prove yeah. to the fans because they know their football mm. um, why the manager, you know, brought me in and what I'm about. Did that. Was flying in the second season. Man of the match, scoring goals. And then I just noticed something wasn't right. Um, I spoke yeah. to the club doctor. When you say you noticed, was it fatigue or was it something? Yeah, fatigue. Fatigue. I was finding the sessions way too hard. Mm. Um I was having to do so much more to get out on a training pitch and playing on a Saturday. And then some of the games just started going at a million miles an hour. Um, and I felt like I was going in slow motion. And I spoke to the club doctor and, you know, mentioned that some lumps had popped up in the side of my neck. When and within four days, told me that I got cancer and I had stage four S. Hodgkin's lymphoma. So it's cancer of my immune system, basically. Yeah. Oh, immune system. Immune system, yeah. And the sad thing was is that when I spoke to the professor, I'd naively gone with my wife and my little girl. Yeah. Um, when you got the news. Yeah, when I got the news. So I've got a little girl in the pram on my right and then I've got my missus on the left-hand side of me. And I just remember thinking, like, I wish, you know, I could be... Just absolute mind was blown. Yeah. Uh, and I remember him saying, do you want the good news or the bad news? I said, well, like we do, hit me with the bad news. Yeah. Um, and he said, you've got Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, cancer of your immune system. And I was just totally naive and ignorant to it. Mm. They'd mentioned it in passing comments yeah. prior to that diagnosis, but I just thought I had like glandular fever or mm. something else. And when I started to Google and realise... Yeah. When you saw when you felt the lumps, yeah, did you ha- have it, did you have it in your head straight away that this could be it? Were you worried straight away? No, no, no. You do what any young footballer does. You that's, think you're invincible. Yeah, yeah it'll be okay. Um, you know, 
it'll pass. Mm. Uh, but I was, I was experiencing quite sharp pains yeah. going towards my chest and towards my heart. And then when, you know, my wife was able to calm me down, we was able to mm. ask some questions. And he said, basically, you've got stage 4S. And that's quite far though, isn't it? Very far. Yeah, and you probably had it for three years. Mm. And you've got a large watermelon-sized masses of tumours on your chest, in your neck, and going towards your spleen. So we need to do something sooner rather than later. And how soon from then to actually starting treatment or whatever? Well, it still didn't sink in because I stupidly said at the time, like, this was October. Mm. uh, And I said, okay, so what's the... The protocol, what do we have to do? And he said, you'll have six months worth of chemotherapy mm. every two weeks. Um, and you're going on a Monday and you'll have your treatment. And if you're well enough to go home, yeah, you know, you can go home. But you're going to be on a young oncology unit. So mm. that's anybody from 25 and down. Uh, so I said to him, like, okay, cool. So I'll be back playing football by uh, April time. Yeah. And then that's when it hit home when he said, no, young man, you need to realize your career's not in the balance your life is. Um, so it was just, yeah, it was just a nightmare. The worst car journey home going. And then it was six weeks. Been in she was in bits. Yeah. She was in bits. Um, you know, I prided myself, you know, a bit of the backstory now with family on being the strong one for my family and looking out for my mum, my younger brother, and obviously my wife and my mm own little girl so yeah I was just thinking to myself like I'm really gonna need him um and I've always been the rock for him but I'm gonna need him to come through and support me as best as possible yeah and obviously like you've you've said this story probably however many times yeah um because and this is probably the second maybe third time I've heard you speak about Mm -hmm. this um do you still get that feeling in you? Like it's like a, it's hard to speak about or are you just, are you comfortable just no, knowing that? No, you'll never be comfortable with it. I just now know the the impact it has. Mm. So it's something that I was torn with how much I go into it, yeah. um, how much energy I give it to mm. a certain degree. Uh, but I do class it as a setback. Yeah. And it's just something that I, I've had to overcome. Yeah. Um, and obviously I'm, Blessed and grateful that I've managed to come out the other end because others that I know and I've come across have not been so fortunate. Yeah, and and you say um, that you look at it as, as a setback. Are there are there any times where it gets to the point where you're you're speaking about it and, it and it brings you back to a certain place? Sometimes, um, certain conversations that you've had with family members, mm. uh, certain questions that. Some people might ask, you know, after talks or yeah. I was just in at um, AFC Wimbledon with yeah. their 18s this afternoon and some of the questions were really good. Yeah. But sometimes it does take you back to, mm. yeah, I remember when I was in that dark place or yeah. when I was thinking along those lines. And obviously football is far from your mind at these times. Or Yeah. Yeah. So how long before... Start to dream again. Yeah. Like, it's you had... So, chemo started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, how long did chemo go on for? Six months. And I can only imagine what, what it's like going going through that. But was there a point when you turned the corner or is it literally 
when the doctor's like, you know what, you might have a chance or... Like, how, how does it's, it go? Yeah, so you have a scan at the start mm. and that's obviously your base and yeah. then you'll have a scan at the end mm. to see if that treatment's worked. And if it's worked, brilliant, you're in remission and you're all clear. If not, plan B, there'll be some sort of other treatment that you might have to undergo. So it's just when the doctor says it. Yeah. It literally was when they say, you know, you're in remission and you're cancer-free. Yeah. That's when you feel like you can start to get your life back on yeah. track. So you don't even have like a feeling like I might be in remission. Or did you feel good? Um, no, I dealt with the treatment physically quite well. Mm. The one thing I'm always and always have been with chemotherapy is I've always been violently sick. Yeah. But I think that's because... Your body's so fine-tuned, you know, you're a professional athlete. Anything that's foreign coming into the body, yeah, yeah. it wants rid of. Um, mm. And when it is so toxic, like chemotherapy, it really reacted badly. Yeah. But I felt okay during it. Mm. Um, there was never a moment really where I thought, you know what, I feel like it's getting on top of me. Or yeah. the symptoms are getting worse. Mm. Because we had... Um... Andy on Andy Cole, yes. and he had his kidney um, yeah. transplant, and he was saying there was a time where he started thinking this might be it for me. Did you ever have those feelings during that that that, that those times where you're like, you know what, it might not end well, or did you just keep your mind positive? More so that second time. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get to yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the first time, no, just ran its course and did what I needed to do. Mm. Uh, and like you say, when the doctors gave me the old clear, um, yeah, we were just building blocks. Yeah. How long after that was it um, when they gave you the all clear? Uh, it's literally two or three weeks. Uh, quite fortunate. Up in Manchester, there's a massive hospital called the Christie. Um, mm. But the one thing is, it's all geared and built for, you know, cancer patients. Mm. But you know, when you walk through those hospital doors, that mm. it's... Um, it's quite a lot to take because it's quite overwhelming because everybody's, yeah. you know, fighting that same battle. You're not mm. going to come across anybody with a broken leg or yeah. anything like that. So it's a, it's a wonderful place, but it's also not a nice place when you're going through it. Yeah. Did, did you manage to like reach out to people then like make like make friends because you know you're you're kind of going through the you same have things. to. I think mm. I was like I said I was on the young oncology unit and to refer to football. It really did rally around. The support from football was mm. amazing when was it broke to, out. Yeah. Um, got into virtually every shirt. Yeah. Uh, from top to bottom. It was uh, like the most surprising shirt like you got. There was all sorts. There was like Steven Gerrard. Oh, really? You know, Paul Scholes took the mm. time out to come and meet me. Oh, I um, Just loads. Yeah. More than you can imagine. And I'm talking like we go Maidstone all the way to, to Man United. Yeah. It was... Uh, it was amazing to see that. Mm. Uh, and I set up a charity at that time to raise some money for the hospital. So I tried to keep myself busy and mm. tried to keep myself active and communicating with people. But sometimes you do just want to yeah. shut off from the world and, you know, not suffer in silence, mm. but just get on with it. Yeah, what did you do to get through those times where you just want to shut off? I started to read a lot, mm. uh, but I was always conscious of what I read. Yeah. Um, so... You know, plenty of positive stuff. Uh, I watched lots of comedy things. Mm. You know, just to pass high. the time. Mm. Yeah, and like you say, keep your spirits high. Uh, and I spent time with my family. Mm. You know, I really thought, 
in times, you know, this is what it's all about. Yeah. These are who are important to me and they're keeping me going and I'm sure I'm keeping them going. Yeah. So when you got the, the all clear, like you're in remission, how long did you, like, did you chill for a bit before you thought, I'm going no. back to football? <laughs> nah, there was no chill. Uh, the scary thing was at the time, uh, after getting put in remission about a week to 10 days later, letter came through the door and it was off Tranmere where I was playing and yeah. it was the P45. Oh. Yeah. Cold world. Literally oh. seen football for like the ruthless side and the business side of things and it was a letter, short little letter from the owner then. Was your contract up? I'm up. Yes. Okay. I thought I'd get Two or three months of like rehabilitation. Yeah. You know, just to get me back on my feet and mm. see where I'm at. Um, but yeah, it said, you know, thanks very much, Joe, for all your services. But at the end of the day, I was getting paid good money and mm. I had not been any good to him but to a certain degree in that, that second at the season. Same time, don't you because you're a very positive guy, you don't really have mm -hmm. bad blood in you. Mm -hmm. Surely it must be hard to think. You couldn't even give me yeah. like a, a couple. I was angry. Couple. Yeah, you must I was be. angry. And then, you know, the no, the news broke that I was in remission. Mm. And then you get the fans asking you like, so when are you going to be about playing? Yeah. And I think I ended up just putting a tweet out saying something along the lines of, you can't sign a dotted line that's not there. Mm. Um, and that's, I tried, you know, I held my tongue. I yeah. didn't. Then all the papers and all that want to start knowing and chipping away. And I just thought to myself, man of values, you know, stay true to yourself. Mm. I could have easily yeah. blown it up. Um, have you had communication with them since at, at all? I've played there since and played mm. against them since. Um, totally different owners now. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard to be like... Yeah, or, yeah, you know, and you know, football moves on. Mm. Um, life moves on. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't nice Definitely not nice from A man's perspective When he's mm. trying to provide for his family And as that that next part In regards to providing for your family um, Did you have offers come in straight Or was it a thing of Listen, no one wants to touch you No, no one wanted to touch me I remember speaking to my agent mm. And he was saying You know, we're struggling here I'm making all the phone calls possible yeah. Uh, but no one wants to touch you. And then Berry rang. Mm. Uh, and day was only 20, 25 minutes from my house. Yeah. Uh, and he said, look, why don't you come in on trial and we'll have a little look at you. Had you been like no, training? No, no. <laughs> he, he said, um, you know, we're due to start in three or four weeks. Mm. Um, so get yourself in some shape. And it literally was trainers back on. Yeah. Hit the roads. And that was four weeks after I finished the treatment. Um, I was in I agony. Kill, yeah, I was about to say. Agony. Mm. Just, you know, as soon as you go back to pre-season, uh, my limbs, my my joints mm. uh, were in so much pain. I was doing the ice baths on the night time. You know, all the things that you do, but I was going to the extreme. Yeah. Uh, just so I could build up my fitness because mm. I'd not done anything in those six months. And you obviously noticed because there's, if you, okay, if I don't train now for six weeks and I go back 
it's obviously going to be hard, but that's just because I haven't trained for six yeah, years. Yeah. With you, was it like, okay, I've not trained, but also the chemo has actually affected yeah. my, my, my body. To look at me, you didn't really, or you couldn't really see too much. I'd lost, my hair had thinned out massively mm. and I'd lost like my eyebrows, but they were coming back in time. Mm. But I felt hollow. I oh, felt really? really hollow. Like my muscles, there was just nothing there. There was a lot of wastage. Mm. Um, and it was just a simple case of, I remember thinking, I knew a route and like a, a bit of a road run. Yeah. Like around near my house and around a few estates. And I remember thinking, that's probably, I don't know, three or four K. Mm. So let's just see how fast you can do that. Yeah. And then tomorrow night or tomorrow morning. Literally just start right. Go a little just, bit, mm. yeah, faster. How long did it take you that first time? I think it took me, but I, you know what I ended up doing? I ended up walking. And oh, doing, really? you know, the old school, do the lampposts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just go from there. Yeah. And I ended up walking. Um so just slowly, slowly. Mm. You know, I've been in a worse place, so a bit of pain. Yeah. Um yeah. That's, wasn't gonna put me off. I would say that's that's the thing. When you know you've been through what you've been through, to do something like get back to fitness or get back to playing football, it's not really something you probably look at and thinking, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've done the hard, the yeah, hard stuff. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? For why why come so far and achieve so much? Mm. Not to go and give it like a hundred percent. Yeah, no, no, I, I definitely hear that. So you went berry, yeah. And how did that? How did that go for you? Um, it was stop start. Mm. It was uh, like I say, I couldn't guarantee the manager how I was physically, you know, deal with training again every mm. day. But yeah. I said to him, like, I'm gonna give it my all. They uh, gave me a year's contract after mm. two or three weeks. Yeah. Uh, I remember doing the bleep test on the first day. They still do the bleep thinking, test? Yeah, or the yo-yo test. They yeah. always want to get a baseline yeah. score. And I remember thinking, don't be the first one out. Yeah. It'd be quite easy for me to be the first one out. Mm. Everybody knew the situation and the story. Uh, and don't be the second one out. Yeah. Because you know that guy, don't you? Yeah. He's been looking over his Trust shoulder. Me, to see. The moment one drops out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I finished middle of the pack and that was quite... Um, it reassured me that, you know, I could still do it. And yeah. that was just out of determination and desire. But for the season as a whole, the team were flying. Yeah. Um, you know, they ended up getting promoted. But I only played a handful of games mm. because I just wasn't able to get this rhythm and routine because of little niggly injuries. Okay, so you never really used to get injuries, did you? No, not up until that point. Yeah. Yeah. And then these niggly injuries come and... They're like the annoying ones. Yeah. And, you know, it was cancer of my immune system. So I knew that my body and my muscles mm. were not going to recover as quick. And then on top of that with the chemotherapy, um, it was just going to have to be, you know, trial and error and see yeah. what's what. Because I remember when I spoke to you and you were out with a hamstring injury. Yeah. And you'd been out for a couple of weeks. And yeah. then I said to you, like, how long you got till you come back? And you said 10 weeks. I was like, what? Yeah. I was yeah. like, 10 weeks? Yeah. I'm not going to be back in that free. And then you were like, yeah, like, you don't heal like you, like you nah, used to. Nah, nah, not at all. Um, it probably was when I moved on to Carlisle, where mm. I moved on from Berry to Carlisle, and it probably took six months where I was able to really trust my body. Yeah. Um, and feel free, you mm. know. Talk about that white line when you cross it. 
prior to then, I'd always crossed it thinking if I come off without anything, mm. you know. So you just restrict it. And yeah. Did it affect your 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 matches? It, it must yeah, one hundred percent. I was playing games tactically, mm. um, and like educated when to run, when to sprint. Mm. Do I hold my position here? Yeah. Even though I know I should go, or take a risk, or take the chance, I'm gonna have to go. Yeah. All that way back. Were you enjoying it though? I was enjoying it. Mm. I was enjoying being back in the environment, yeah. yeah. Um, and training and competing, like I said. Uh, and Keith Curl was amazing with me at Carlisle. Oh, yeah. Where, shut him out. Where is he now? He's is at he, he Northampton now, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and he took the time out to understand um, me as a person because we, it's a bit of a weird one. We He, he took us to um, like a, a training camp in the Lake District. Mm. And I remember these guys were like all black jackets, Range Rovers all around in these hills. Yeah. They were taking no bullshit. Like, they was like, right, we're on it. Trainers on, run. And he, all it was was a day yeah. to test us as a team and, you know, to a man and push us to the limits. How did you um, cope with that one? Fine. Yeah. Because of where I'd been. But you could tell these guys had done their homework. Mm. Uh, they were prodding and probing certain, you know, members. <laughs> And they were testing me mentally. Mm. Uh, and it got to a point where they wanted us to go swimming in this lake. Can you swim? No. Uh, well, <laughs> I couldn't at the time. Yeah. Uh, you learned. And yeah, I couldn't at the time. And I remember thinking, uh, the guy just went bang, just gave me the life jacket and said, well, I want you to swim for that. So I put the life jacket on. Uh, it took me forever. Yeah. Uh, and then after it, Keith took me aside and said, you got a little girl. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, so why can't you swim? I was like, rah, it's a good point, you know. Mm. So every Monday, I would go to the swimming baths and literally teach myself how to swim while I was playing up there and use it as yeah. rehab and, you know, getting that's, over the match day. That's the thing. I always say, yeah, because I can swim in it, but not swim. If no, you drop no. me in the ocean. I'm, We're not known I'm, for I'm, being I'm, strong. I'm, yeah, yeah, right? trust me, trust me. And it fits with me. I always think to myself, is, is it too late to proper learn how to how to swim nah. for me? And can you are you a proper swimmer? Now? I can swim now, yeah. He just said after that, he was like, What if she you talk about that late? What if she's goes too far? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I get that. Mm. Cause he knew that like that was my strength and my weakness in a way. That my yeah. little girl, he was like, So what would you do if he was a dad? I was like, yeah, because obviously it's your nature to protect them, and yeah, I can swim from now on. I'm mm. quite a good swimmer, to be fair. No, you know you're 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 encouraging me. I need to go and be a proper swimmer. <laughs> I, need to, I need to I need to swim properly. But yeah, so you get back playing. Yeah, all cool and everything. Um, in the back of your mind though, because when you're in remission, how long? How long is there? There's like a period, right? Two years. Two right? years. It's so quite in, a big moment for anybody that's been through it. So in the back of your mind. Did you ever think, like you're living your life, but are you always thinking, you know what, it could come back? Uh, No, you'd be naive and, you know, stupid if you you never had that passing thought. Mm. But I'll never say like, never live your life in fear. Um, But yeah, there's there's still times now where I get anxious about certain appointments and and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, But that two-year marker was quite a big one. But I was past that when mm. I went and signed back at Rochdale. And then... It, yeah. 
And then go on, you, you can say it. No, it was, again, I went back to Rochdale. I was worried in, about going back to Rochdale because I'd left with a good reputation. Mm. Um, and I was concerned that I wasn't going to be able to repeat what I'd done prior. But again, the manager offered me a short-term deal and I took it with both hands. Mm. Uh, and I was enjoying football. I was playing really well. And I just had to go for one last scan. It yeah. was three years on. I put myself forward for like a clinical trial. Mm. Um, and this was the last one. And then on, it was Christmas Eve 2016. Oh. They told me that the cancer had come back. Yeah, it was, it was anger this time. Mm. I was gutted the first time. But... You know, when the doctor told me that, he told me the best way he could. Um, and this was my guy, the doctor. We mm. built up a relationship and I could see he was gutted for me as well. Um, because and yeah, I just wanted to smash the room up. Yeah, is, is, there, is there a way to like live life? Do you know what I mean? Because like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've come back, you've, you know, you've kept yourself healthy, you've done as much as you can. Yeah. And then you get that information. So is it, is it a thing of like, you're angry in the moment because you're thinking, what more do I need to... That's what it was. It was that. It was like, I classed myself as, you know, I felt like I paid my dues. Mm. I'd experienced the worst of it. I tried to live my life and learn from certain mistakes because when you're young and you're playing football, you don't tend to appreciate, you know, certain things. Mm. Um, and I was no different. Uh, I'd lived like kind of last life in the fast lane mm. but after the, that first time round I understood what was important to me yeah and it was that not the victim mentality but just like why mm. what more can I do um, and I could say all the feelings and emotions came flooding back yeah and then they tell you what treatment you're going to have to have this time round. So it wasn't like the same? No, it wasn't the same. I was going to have to undergo um, two cycles, six days solid, 24-hour chemotherapy. Um, and you'd come off like for about 20 minutes on a night time. Yeah. And that was just to get a shower and stretch your legs. But in the end, I just ended up saying to him, let's just keep it going because... My, I'm hooked up to all these machines. I can't mm. walk far anyway. And by the time uh, you let me off these machines, um, all the lights have gone off, and I don't want to disturb any yeah. of the other patients. In those in those moments, like if if there's a way for you to explain exactly what you're going through, that like during chemo, like how your body feels, that like, is that something you're even able to put into words? Trying my best to, um, mm. but for me, everyone's different. So some people deal with chemotherapy better than others. But I remember first time around, I had to have it in uh, cannula form. Mm. And it was like four drugs through machines and drips uh, and IV. Uh, but my veins are pretty much packed in now for my kind of hands up until here. So I've got quite a lot of scars and yeah. a lot of like markings and stuff like that. Um, but the second time around, I was going to have to have a Hickman line. So that's is. where you get the line, like a tube put into your oh, chest. Oh, okay, cool. And what that is, is they feed the tube into quite a big vein near your heart. Yeah. Uh, and then it literally dangles out of you. Mm. Uh, and I remember having that operation and just crying. 
because it was like that was real now mm. um and i was this was going to like stick with me forever um and yeah it was like i'd felt like i'd had the kind of kiddie version mm. and now i was going to i was about to say cuz that I sounds like, like a much man. more yeah, listen, there's kids that have it on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, I salute them massively because mm. it's um, to stay resilient. And, you know, so what beating those moments is tough and kids are magical. Yeah. And they look at it and see it in a different way. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was um, not nice. And like I say, when I'm having all this treatment, um, I'm spending time away from my family. Mm. Um and this was the problem. My little girl was older did, this time around. Did you want... Um, obviously, your your family were, were there to see you and everything. But is there a part of you that's... Do you ever get in that thing of like, I don't want you to see me like this? Yeah. So, during the first two cycles, mm-hmm. um, my little girl would visit me now and again. Yeah. And that was just me showing her that daddy's okay mm-hmm. and the doctors are... You know, they're doing their best and they're working away. And I remember speaking to her one time when she came and visited me. She said, like, uh, are the doctors doing a good job? Mm. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, well, right, well, I've got this and that and I've got sports day and I've got this. And I just remember thinking, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. Yeah. Um, but then you have a rest period. Uh, but I was going to have to undergo a stem cell transplant. Mm. So... We're talking, you get put in isolation. It's a room probably no bigger than what we're in now with a little toilet and a, a an ensuite bathroom. Mm. And that's you, when it really was raw. Are you allowed you know? anything with you though? You're allowed your belongings, but you might as well have nothing because you just got your thoughts. Oh. You know, the room temperature doesn't change. The nurses are in and out every... Like One phone. to two hours. You can have your phone. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Uh, but they literally wash the room down. Yeah. Because what it is, is they strip your body down so your blood counts are on zero. And then they try and reintroduce good cells. Mm. Um, and then slowly, hopefully, fingers crossed, you, you know, you, your blood counts pick up. And you ask anybody that's been through it, it's, it's the worst sort of treatment you can ever have because yeah. the first seven days are like the most potent chemotherapy you can have. Yeah. And they say you'll be in there for six to eight weeks. So even that's just tough to take and get your head round and have that like sanity mm. that you, you don't know if you're going to be able to walk out that door. And I, and I was going to get to that as well. Like, So this time, did you get those thoughts like, am I going to make this? Yeah, massively. Um, Got to a point where you just take it hour at a time. Mm. Got to a point where I was worried about falling to sleep, not knowing whether I'd uh, wake, wake up. up. Mm. Uh, and again, my visitors have got to be few and far between. Anyone with a cough, a sniffle, any infections could lead to an infection for me, could lead mm. to pneumonia, could, you know. And I think it was, I remember the doctor coming in and it was about, after 10 days where they're saying, are you okay? Is everything okay? What are you feeling? Mm. And I remember thinking, like, what are they like? I'm all, I feel okay. Mm. And then bang, one night, the next day, it was like, I woke up in a different world. Um, I woke up in the corner. I'd taken off all the, 
like wires and leads and stuff like that. Well, you couldn't remember doing it. Couldn't remember doing it. Uh, hallucinating. Mm. I remember thinking like a SWAT team had descended on yeah. the room. Um, and then the, the, the morning after it, I spoke to the nurse and said like, did that happen? And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we put you back in your bed. And um, I remember watching Love Island. <laughs> and I've got all these young couples telling each other they love each they, other. Uh, and I was thinking, shut up, man. You're know <laughs> talking about. And the sad thing was, me and my wife had got married 12 months prior. Yeah. And our wedding anniversary was coming up. Mm. Uh, so I said to her, you know, come in, see me. Uh, obviously, I ain't got no presents for you, but yeah. um, just to have you in for a night or so. Does she have to wear a suit or anything? No, uh, what you have to do is you have to wash it. You have to wash yourself down thoroughly. Mm. Um, and she was always bringing in my meals. Yeah. Uh, every morning she dropped my meals off because I decided I wanted to go plant-based and vegan. Yeah, I was going to ask about that as well. But I couldn't keep any of the food down. So I'd lost three and a half stone within... Oof. Weeks. 12 days or something like that. Days. Yeah, days, yeah. Um, and that's what the doctors were really concerned about as well, mm. that my weight loss was so drastic. Uh, but it, like I say, anything I ate was just coming back up because of the chemotherapy. Mm. And then she come in, wedding anniversary, she bought me some trainers because she knows I'm a trainer guy. Yeah. Um, and she gave just, me a card. I just card. won a raffle today, by the way. Hey? I just won a raffle today for some trainers, funny enough. Which ones? The ones on size? You put uh, yourself forward the, from The Air Max... London's Yeah, yeah. I like that <laughs> I got those I, Proactive Yeah I got, I got those today <laughs> No uh, I never justify buying trainers Do your thing man Yeah <laughs> Everyone's got a weakness Trust me Trust me um, But yeah She brought me in some trainers And I just remember thinking like It's not about this The gift mm. is life And the gift is you know Having a companion And someone to share it with Through the mm. You know the hard times And the bad um, And like I say We got married 12 months prior And you know that Val through sickness and health mm. And here we were um, It must make you just You just look, must look at her Just love her even, all the more She's the warrior bruv mm. Like she's the real soldier You know mm. I'll go and do talks Here there and everywhere Around the world And yeah. people will call me An inspiration Queen of hearts man She's kept me going She's held it down Oh I love um, that love. And done everything I can't get my head around How she still managed to be a mum Mm. Still manages to look after, you know, a couple of our businesses. It's a powerhouse. Yeah. Um, no, I love that, man. Absolutely love that. So, second bout of chemo. Um, when did it turn around this time? Turned around on Father's Day. So, day 15, I said mm. to my wife, I said, bring Lula in. Yeah. Nobody under 10 is supposed to go anywhere near you. So, yeah. the doctors were... Pulling the hair out I said listen I've listened to you man And yeah. listened to that nurse And Now this is me like, Yeah yeah. Let me make one decision I ain't got nothing else But yeah. let me just make one decision um, So Bingo in after school mm. I've missed her now I've not seen her for two weeks uh, And Before she come in My missus just rang me And said like uh, Lula's woke up crying She's having nightmares She's wet the bed mm. And I've noticed two grey hairs have popped up in her hair. Wow. And she's four, nearly five now. So she was obviously worried. Yeah. Not knowing, you know, what was going on with her family and in particular her dad. So that was it. So yeah. she's coming in. Um, I need to show her that daddy's fighting. Yeah. 
and he's still okay. This time around, I, I'd lost all my hair. Uh, so I knew she was going to be shocked by my appearance because mm. apart from a little bit of FaceTime, um, I'd not seen her at all. Mm. So she come in and I could see she was shocked and she tried to brave it. Um, checking the machines. Yeah. Gave me some grapes. Got the little stethoscope out. Was being like little Doc McStuffins. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember she just said to me, Daddy, are you going to die? Oh. I was like, wow. And the fact that I couldn't look her in the eye and give her the honest answer and say everything's going to be okay. Mm. Uh, it broke me, but it was the kind of turning point mm. because that was it then. It was like, right, time to get the fight on yeah. uh, because it reminded me of what I was doing it for, who I was doing it for. And that first and foremost, I had a job to do and that was yeah. to go be a dad. Um, and I've always tried to tell her about, you know, whether it works, whether it doesn't work, whether you fail, whether you're successful, as long as you've given it your all, then you can do that. And I remember speaking to my wife on the night time where I said, look, all you need to know is, you know, if it gets on top of me um, and I lose my fight, mm. it wasn't because I gave up. Yeah. Uh, and that's as plain as I could give it to him. And... Within two days, my blood shot up through the roof. Oh, wow. Yeah, and we talk about mind, body, and mm. soul and that psychological aspect. The mental must be yeah. so big then. Yeah, massively. Mm. And it's why I'm so fascinated now and try and give back to the younger ones and talk to them about mindset because yeah. it goes hand in hand. Yeah. I did manage to keep a bit of food down from then on and, you know, start to build up my strength. Mm. Um and after 18 days, I was able to walk out. Um, I remember the doctors coming in and seeing me. And one of my coaches at Rochdale came yeah. in and seen me and he was in the room at the same time. Um, and they just said, look, your blood counts have got past that level where they need to be. Um, you can go home tomorrow. And I remember clutching for the bed, yeah. thinking, nah, like, I'm not going anywhere. I've got all these nurses, I click of a button. Mm. But then after 20 minutes, I thought to myself, you know what? There's somebody else oh. waiting for this treatment. Mm. So face to fear, get out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and my, my wife Chantelle and my little girl come and pick me up and I could barely walk. Yeah. I was pretty much bed bound, but, you know, I mustered up the energy to, to get in the car. Mm. Tore my calf as soon as I come off the curb. Did you feel it straight away? Yeah. Oh, I was like, wow. <laughs> hospital floors are flat, aren't they? Yeah. You know, and as soon as I stepped down, ping, I was like, football's a million miles away. But my... Uh, Were you still in touch though with what's going yeah. on with football? Phone, massively. Yeah. It, was a, it was a bit hard because football had finished, so everyone was on holiday. Oh, okay. So okay. while I'm looking at Snapchat and while I'm looking at Instagram, mm. everyone's having a nice time. And it was times where I thought, you know, don't forget about me, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm coming. Um, but yeah, it was, for that first month while I was out of the hospital, it was um, stop start. Mm. I was having blackouts. I remember I would fall, just walking around the house. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't able to get up the stairs without help. And it was not nice. You know, you want to try and get back to normal life as soon yeah. as possible. And even playing with, my little girl, with no rough and tumble. It was mm. everything was like, you know, mind daddy's back and stuff like that. Uh, so it was uh, tough. 
But then after about five weeks, I was started to be able to do normal things. Did you, and you started to feel? Yeah, go for walks and felt okay the next day. So I rang Rochdale up and said, look, get me some kit ready. I'm coming. But you hadn't even been given the... Um... I had been given the all clear, but it was literally three weeks before going back to Rochdale. Oh. I just needed some normality. Yeah. You know, my wife would tell you, she didn't want me at the house. Sat there feeling sorry for myself. Mm. So she, in the end, just said, look, as soon as you can start cooking again uh, and start, <laughs> you know, washing yourself and doing yeah. all of that and you feel comfortable enough because to look at, I didn't look good at all. Mm. So until I felt like I was able to go back into the big bad world. Yeah. Um, and brave it in a way. Were they welcoming straight away? Like, yeah. So as soon as I walked in the gym, the kit man gave me the kit. It was too big. Yeah. Uh, super baggy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I walked into the changing rooms and walked into the, the gym uh, and they all started laughing. Oh, is it? Yeah. They'd obviously seen me uh, from like kind of phone and, mm. you know, pictures and whatnot. They all started laughing. But that was a... A breath but of fresh air I was about me. to say That must have made you yeah. feel like oh. I was like We've got the elephant Out the room Yeah I remember the captain Ian Henderson Came and gave me Some like li Literally Two kilogram weights yeah. And was like Shit JT <laughs> We've got some work To be doing But that was like Yeah Did We have man <sighs> I couldn't do too much Yeah And like I remember seeing the physio And the physical conditioning coach And both of them were like Yeah Like are we sure um, but I said, look, nothing's a guarantee. But I just, I've got another year. Mm. Um, and, you know, I just want to give it a go. So you're back now. And um, how long before you got to the point where I'm ready to play? Like, did you have to knock on, knock on the gaffer's door and be like, look? It's, it's one of them. It's often the case. It was six months of rehabilitation mm. uh, again we just did it simple sometimes me and the physio would just go for a walk yeah um, but what I wasn't able to do was train and then when I got the football back out mm. my groins were in tatters um, I remember laughing joke with the, the physical conditioning coach he was saying your legs have gone like jelly yeah <laughs> uh, and they were all over the place yeah. um, and it was she passed five yards tomorrow mm. we'll pass ten yards and if we have to, you know, go back, then we start clipping and start mm. crossing and stuff like that. And once I started to train in and around the group and get that physical contact to mm. know that I was okay to, you know, get the bumps and bruises, um, it was, all in all, it was 12 months from when I originally found out mm. uh, to getting okay. back playing. And at this time, Rochdale weren't doing too well? Nah, they weren't doing good at all. And, um... Correct me if I'm wrong. When you came back, that wasn't the game to to stay up, was it? No. So I you came, came back before just before then. Christmas, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we was in the relegation zone. Mm. Um, they'd done really well in the FA Cup. Mm. They took Tottenham. They, well, they played them at home uh, and we drew 2-2. Two -two, uh, and we should have won that day. Yeah. And I was on the bench. I remember you got media. Yeah, loads you, of yeah, it you got prior a lot of media to it. That, yeah. yeah and, I, and I felt like that was... Wasn't the story. It, yeah. Like, it came to me and the fact that I was back involved in the squad mm. uh, and what was it like to, you know, run out a couple of weeks prior. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to, like, you know, say how well the boys had done in the FA Cup run and, you know, how 
far they'd come. Mm. But it was Literally all about, about me in a way. Yeah. Uh, I remember you, before the game, it? Pochettino took some time out to speak to me mm. and said like how much of an inspiration yeah. it was. And you know, it was really good to see me getting back out on the pitch. But like I say, it was all about the boys. Mm. And I didn't play that first leg. Yeah. Uh, but we were able to have a replay at Tottenham. Yeah. Um, at Wembley. Wow. Oh, yeah. oh, that's Wembley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wembley, innit? So, again, that was televised. And I come on as a second half substitute. Uh, we were getting beat 4 1. Mm. Got slapped 6 1 in the end. Yeah. But, uh, but it was irrelevant. Mm. Uh, but I knew that night after that. Um, I remember playing and coming up against Danny Rose and I pushed the ball past him and he fouled me and I put my arm down and it was snowing. Remember when the snow, the beast from the east? Yeah. So it's freezing, absolutely freezing. And put my arm down and my arm just extended and I tore a shoulder ligament. But I just remember thinking, this was after about 10 minutes, Mm. there's no chance I can come off it. This is like on BT or wherever. Mm. And there's no way they're going to talk about me coming on and say what they're saying and then me do a U-turn <laughs> nah, nah. and be stuffed off. I can't do it. So can't I just it. braved it for the next 20 minutes or so. And then I spoke to the physio when I was in a sling. And then the media after the game, mm. you know, you, I had to take the sling off to and say, speak to everybody. Yeah. And I got on a coach, I had the sling on and I was out for the next five to six weeks. Yeah. And I knew that night I was never going to get to the heights that maybe I should have got to. Um, Mm. You know, people will probably say, should have played higher, should have definitely played a lot more games. Mm. But, you know, for Is that just because the injuries were just going to keep coming or your mind just wasn't there? Well, if you work it out, 22, 23, and you tell me that I've got cancer and I've had it for three years, Mm. from the age of 20 to this point of 28, mm. 29, that I've had it, been recovering from it, or, you know, just getting through it. Yeah. Um, so those were the cards we were dealt, you know, and you just try and make the best out of a bad hand. Yeah. Nice, no, that's mad. So the, the, the match I'm, I'm trying to get to, because this one, man, it's, it's a proper tearjerker, man. <laughs> um, so... You lot need to stay up. Yeah, last Watch game the, of the season. Last game of the season. You yeah, stay. Who you playing? Charlton. Charlton. Mm. Tough game. Doing well. They was in the playoffs. Yeah. You know what? Take, take it away because I... Nah, it was all stacked on, against honestly. us. It really was like... We played against Oldham, mm. which anyone knows Manchester's literally three miles away from Rochdale. So your nearest rivals. And we played them at home mm. uh, two weeks prior. And I started that game. I got brought down for a penalty. Yeah. And if it wasn't for me play acting and rolling around and trying to get the defender sent off, mm. um, I should have took that penalty. Mm. The guy that took it missed it. And I remember thinking, that was the moment. Yeah. That was the moment. That was my moment. Uh, and I should have took that penalty. Yeah. But like you say, it came down to the last game of the season. I was on the bench, human. Um, <laughs> so funny. I've been used to like for that whole season. I wanted to help so much, mm. wanted to contribute, and I was fed up of watching yeah. and not being able to. You know, if we go down and I'm involved, no problem. Mm. Uh, but if I go down and watch, then I feel like 
I may have left something so for chance. Even after all of this, just your fear is to still be on Raging. the bench. Raging. Yeah. <laughs> same, you still, you know, it's like anybody, your manager tells you you're on the bench and you're not in that starting 11. You're not happy. Yeah. Um. So, I remember thinking, when? Yeah. When? And you're doing all of that. Yeah. I'm warming up. <laughs> constantly warming up. And then, um, like the last day of the season, all the scores, all the fans have got their radios on mm. and apparently Oldham and Northampton was 2-2. So we needed a win, yeah. you know, because that point's going to make sure they're safe. And 65th minute, he put me on. Uh, yeah. And he just said, he didn't say too much. He said, look, we need a goal. Yeah. And I just said, yeah, leave it with me. <laughs> he put me and the striker on who'd scored the equaliser against mm. Tottenham. Um and me and Davo went on and yeah, it just kind of changed the game. Mm. Um, within four minutes, um, Calvin Andrews had nodded one down to me in the 18-yard box. And I just knew then. Yeah. As soon as I took my first touch, uh, I shifted it from my right onto the left. And anybody that knows me or has played against me knows I don't Brilliant use bar. that left too much. Mm, but I uh, just put my foot through it. Um, and just buried it in the bottom corner. What was that? You've probably been asked this so many what times. What was the feeling what, like? What's that feeling like, man? Like... Um, I would say euphoria. You mm. know, I remember there was probably five or 6,000 people in that stadium, mm. um, but they'd all been with me emotionally on the journey. Mm. And it sounded like there was 55,000 in the yeah. stadium, like literally that raw emotion, uh, that euphoria. But for me, there was a moment from when I hit the ball, knowing that it had gone into the back of the net, to celebrating. Mm. It just all went quiet. Yeah. It was all just like bliss, like walking on a beach. Yeah. Um, and I just remember thinking, this is what it's all been about. All the sacrifice, all the hard mm. times, all the struggle. Uh, and the fact that my family were there to see it as well. Yeah. Um, I knew that I was never going to get this feeling ever again. Didn't yeah. matter how long my career was after that. You know, what I had achieved prior to it. I'd scored hat-tricks, scored important goals. Mm. I'd been promoted. I'd been relegated. Enough is bigger than but that moment. Yeah. This was like my mountaintop. Mm. Um, and then all the emotions and the noise came and obviously all your teammates. All players, yeah. yeah, jump on you. And I remember <laughs> the right back, uh, Joe Rafferty at the time said, he was like, We'd listened to like loads of songs and Drake was out at the time, mm. you know, God's plan. Yeah. And he just went, yeah. God's plan. <laughs> and there was still 20 minutes to go. Um, but I knew Charlton mm. weren't going to score. Um, every time the ball went near our box, either our keeper saved it or mm. someone blocked it. And then there was, the, in the other game, there was still seven minutes left. Mm. Um, but I totally forgot. When the final whistle went, all the fans come on the pitch. Uh, but then the announcement came on that the olden game was still going on mm. and they were still playing. So everything went quiet. And then Sky Sports came up to me. Mm. I totally forgot the game was on Sky. Um, and it was the only game at that time. Yeah. So obviously all of football was watching it. Uh, and I went into, I spoke to them and then I went into the changing rooms. I got my phone and I could see the messages. I could see Twitter. I could see everything. I was like, Wow, we'll get back to that. Yeah. And then I started watching the screen mm. of the game, uh, the Oldham game. And again, I knew they weren't going to score. 
Um, and then, yeah, the whole stadium erupted when they found out that obviously Oldham had not got a winner. Mm. And I just had my little girl. All these fans were flying past me. I had my little girl on my shoulders. Mm. Uh, and everyone was just pandemonium. It's all walking past me. Yeah. And I just remember laughing. And then I remember speaking to a reporter who must have seen me. And he said, I've just watched everything that's just gone on. There's everyone running around. There's, you know, there's people going crazy. He said, and you've literally just walked mm. around. I said, yeah. Because my little girl said to me, make sure you get me on the pitch after the game. Yeah. And daddy's got to stick to his promises. That's it. Um, and then when the ground, you know, everyone exited and everyone left, all the lads were buzzing in the changing rooms. Because I realised how important it was from a team perspective and for a club, you know, League One, uh, with not a massive budget, mm. that financially kept them in the league and, you know, kept them going for the next three or four years. So it, it was massive. And yeah. They'd given me time um, and stuck by me and, you know, never rushed me to get back. So mm. that was my, like, kind of parting gift in a way. And you, at that point, you knew that, you know what, I'm... I'm Borrowed time now. Yeah. Borrowed time. I had another year. I yeah. triggered another year. But that's when I met you. Mm. Um, and I tore my hamstring. Yeah. And you could probably tell at that time I tore it quite bad. Yeah. And I literally played the start of... The first game of the season mm. And then played a game behind closed doors And I tore my hamstring And I was like, nah, we're done and dusted now yeah. um, But I wasn't going to rush the decision uh, I was going to try and do some rehab But like I said, it was quite a big tear In behind like my knee And because of all the treatment that mm. I'd had it, it affected my nerve system And, you know, my Immune system and being able to repair those muscle fibers. You know, it's so funny, yeah. It wasn't even funny, but I remember when I spoke to you that day, actually, and um, I had a feeling. Yeah, I could tell you was trying to get it yeah, out of I, me, I, and I, I, I had a feeling. I'd spoke to people as well. I was like, "You've not played in the last like month or so." I was like, "Yeah, I got a hamstring tear, but I'll be back soon." Yeah, but I, I had a, in my head. I was thinking, "He's done." Yeah, he's done. He's done. And you're doing talks. And, yes. And um, I remember listening to your talk that that day. And I can hear in your voice and you had a video. Yeah, yeah, You had yeah, the yeah. video up. And I remember you looking at the video and while everyone was watching the, um, while everyone was watching the video, I looked at you and then I remember you had this look on your face like, boy, like, it's done. Like, but you hadn't said it. No, I think when I watched the video, because that's the first time I saw the Sport Bible video. Like oh, we'd obviously it? pieced okay. it together, but that's the first time and that was like me. Because um, it was at Google headquarters. Yeah, Mindshare. Yeah, yeah, Mindshare. So it was like packed out room. And that's the first time I saw it. Mm. Uh, and I remember speaking to the organizers prior to it. And they were saying, all these workshops. And he said, like, yours is sold out. And yeah. I was like, rah. So I watched right, this video. Yeah. And I knew then when I watched it, I could tell, like you say, in my voice, mm. that I was exiting. Yeah. And like you say, I was doing different talks and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so it was time for me to move on. Yeah. So now you've got the plan to move on now. Mm -hmm. Is this where you just start making sure that once football's done, I'm good? Or had you already done that from I'd before? I'd already done it. Um, I remember my first talk was for um, Sheffield Wednesday under mm. 23s. 
Uh, and then I did another talk the week later mm. for at Man City. Yeah. Um, and I still look terrible when I did those talks, but I yeah. thought if I can speak to Pep Guardiola, and Do you I can speak to you can answer if you want. One second. Hello. What's up? Right. Um, no, we're supposed to get there for half. Do, 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 do. Um, Joseph's here chatting on the phone. Is Elliot about? That wasn't always there, was it? I'm in the middle of this post- podcast. We've got about 10 minutes left. Give me 10 minutes. He's going to have to have 10 minutes. I'll chat. Just see if Elliot's about. All right. Oh, some delivery guys moving mad at my <laughs> Brought some massive mirrors and Mrs. saying he's supposed to have brought them back. Uh, prior to this, obviously. Well, never mind. <laughs> we move on, innit? We move. Precious. <laughs> but um, yeah, you done the talk at Man City. Yeah. Spoke to Pep. Uh, and I thought if I can do this in front of the biggest club in, well, the most successful at the time mm. in, the, you know, in the premiership, then... Looking like this, I can do this anywhere. Mm. And you're comfortable now doing it, right? Uh, I have get... to get myself in the mindset yeah. to do it. Because um, like you say before, I know that I'm going to go through those emotions. Mm. So if you see me prior to it, what I have to do to get myself in the right frame of mind mm. and, you know, be honest. Yeah. And then after it, like after this, I'll be shattered. Yeah. I'll be tired, uh, like emotionally drained. Um, but I can get myself in that mindset and mm. then the feedback that I get from it, that's what brings me the energy back. I remember that, mind you, after you said, you said, I mean, after you did your talk and all people in the in the um, audience crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's, when you, when you really look at it, to know that your story can touch so many people, man, it's, 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 it was something it's that I really did struggle with because I'm the worst for it, like uh, self-sabotage mm. and that kind of feeling unworthy. And it was really something that had to come with talks yeah. to know that when I do speak, um, you know, people take notice of my story and can relate to it. Mm. But it also gives them so much hope and courage. Yeah. Um, and I remember being in the toilets after it and this guy was like, I'm going to get my life together, you know? Mm. I've been moaning about certain things. <laughs> yeah. Da, 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 da. And I was like, and my man's out here fighting for his life twice. And, that, and I was like... But he put everything into perspective. Yeah, and man. I was like, that's it. If I inspire someone from my words and they go and take action and go and change their life for the mm. positive, then that's job done for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, you know, it's going really well. Yeah, you got you got a book as well, right? Yeah, yeah. We're actually gonna give I'm actually gonna give away one of your books, actually. Nice. I'm gonna like I'm that. Gonna, I'm not gonna make you give it to me for free, don't worry. <laughs> You're gonna see the little the little Amazon thing come come through. <laughs> I want a little review. Yeah. Honest no, review. No, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna see it come. So we're gonna give give one of those away. And um when did you do the book? What made you So I was doing the book in that final year. Oh, okay. They was always like uh the book guys was like, Oh, you played at Wembley. That's the perfect ending. Mm. Nah. Got beat 6-1. Yeah. That ain't giving no yeah, one no for you. hope. For you. That ain't giving no one no hope. Yeah. But then I knew once I scored the goal, I literally spoke to the book guys and said, right, well, there's your end chapter. Yeah. Um, And then they threw it back on my toes. They was like, that's not the end chapter. He said, we've done all this work over the last 12 to 15 months. Mm. Um, 
you need to go see your dad. I was like, you know me like that now, yeah? So we can see through doing all this, but that you need to go and have a conversation with him. Well, you uh, and your dad weren't? No, not speaking. Um, my dad had spoken to me when I was in isolation, mm. but this is the way of him. He spoke to me from a prison cell. Yeah. And I felt like I was in a prison cell for yeah. no fault of my own. Uh, so I went and visited him um, mm. and I spent two hours with him. I could have been there all day. Yeah. You know, a lot of questions um, that I wanted answering. Um, Did you get them answered? I got some. I could say I could have been there all day. Mm. Um, but my real main kind of issue was why he wasn't part of my life, my younger brother's life. And I'm like, one of like six yeah. half brothers and sisters as well. So why he not learned that lesson um, with all those opportunities? Because mm. I'd been in a similar position with my little girl and that was everything that motivated me. And mm. I was, those were my responsibilities. So it was, uh, you know, a lot of kids nowadays are from a broken home. Um, and it was that self-healing in a way. Um, and like I say, I could have been there all day, but, you know, got some Yeah, and that was the final chapter in the end. Yeah. That was the final chapter. I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to give away two books, actually. I like that. I'm going to give away two books and I'm going to send them to you first so you can sign, sign them. Sign them, no problem. Sign them and then. So if, I'll find a way to get, I might just, whoever wants it, just at me with a reason why you want them and um, I'll give it to you. But um, yeah, man, so what's next? I see you on TV. A yeah, lot. I see you doing the um, media training. Media. <laughs> yeah, man, you're flipping. Come here, Ooh. you're just media now. Like I can hear the way you speak, man. It's, it's, you, you I think should, it's you, you've you always got, got to be aware voice. of what you speak. Mm. You know, I'm, but I'm always mindful of people when I go and do talks. Like I did a massive talk for Screwfix, mm. you know, partnership with the EFL last week. Mm. Who am I to tell them how to do their job? Yeah. But if you go and be authentic and you go and be honest and, you know, you're sincere with what you say, mm. um, then you're being true to yourself. And and people pick up on that and they take They do. That. It resonates. Mm. Like, if I go and try and be polished yeah. and do the spiel, like everyone <laughs> will always say, if you've got like a structure to your talk, do you mm. practice it? I know what subjects I'm going to talk about. But I'm also going to assess the room, you know, certain ages, certain things that I'll talk about today will go over younger ones' heads. Mm. But other things, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, plenty of talks. Do you enjoy, um, um like, commentary? Yeah. So I do quite a lot of work for MUTV. Yeah. Now. Watch a lot of the 18s and the 23s and the future's bright for Man United. You can see now in... Um, the if, first team. If there was someone that you thought, you know what, this is gonna be—he's gonna be a star. Mason Greenwood. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I seen him at 18s. The boy was making a mockery of people. Mm. Uh, he can go either way, um, and he's probably got one of the perfect role models in Marcus Rashford ahead of him. Mm. Copy what he's doing, and you'll be fine. You support United. No, I support Arsenal. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. I Henri was my guy. Oh, God. Ian Wright. I'd always liked, um, and then when you get released from Man United, you, you know, you feel a little bit sorry for yourself and yeah. the Invincibles are doing what they're doing. But 
Man United is a massive part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can give back as much as possible to them, then, you know, I will do. Yeah. No. Um, what's your take on, on Arsenal's, you know? In fact, before we get there, obviously right now, the coronavirus. Moving mad. Yeah. You don't, are you worried about that? that? Well, I got, um, I have to be a bit worried. Yeah. I got a message from like the NHS and anybody that's been a patient or is, you know, immune system. Mm. I could say my immune system's been compromised. Yeah. Uh, but I do my best eating right. I'm trying, you know, just the basics. Mm. You know, get outside, stay active. Yeah. Um, drink as much as possible. Um, but yeah, I'm a little bit concerned. Mm. I'm a bit concerned of how slow we've been to to react. react. To mm. uh, I try not to get into politics. I don't really watch the news too much. Mm. But even now on social media, you can't mm. turn anywhere without it seeing it and you know being putting your face in a way. So yeah, I, I just think you know if we're gonna go on. Lockdown for the next two weeks. Spend yeah. some time with your family. That's it. Yeah. That's you know, it. You've, have you, some quality you time. Put it up you on, on Insta today, didn't you? Yeah, just literally mm. in the taxi on the way. I just was thinking about it and I thought there's more important things mm. than work, money, you know, uh, that, those social aspects. Just you've got to shut your door. <laughs> shut <laughs> your door. Me, you know, as long as you've got some food mm. in I've, your cupboards and your fridge. Room. And toilet roll. <laughs> my, wish, my missus did the kind of shop the other day. I was like, is that us? Yeah, we're getting in the bunker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, just, you know, find out, spend some time with your loved mm. ones. But yeah, but before we wrap up, um, Arsenal. Yeah. What's your, what's your take on them? Yeah, well, I wish Arteta, you know, Football speedy recovery. Yeah. Um, Things are changing. Like Man United, it's going to take time. Mm. When you've had, you know, a manager be at the helm for so long and be in control like Sir Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger, mm. it's going to take time. You know, I, I thought Arsene should have left. <laughs> From before. Yeah, particularly when we won the FA Cup. Mm. Um, thought that would have been a perfect time to chip out. In He's so stubborn, you know. Yeah. He's so stubborn. Um, but yeah, I think... Again, similar to my United, there's young ones that excite me. When I watch Ooh, them, I, I Saka, see them play. Martinelli. Yeah. And they, they, they've got it. They're not brave. Uh, mm. They're not scared of the big occasion. Mm. Um, and playing in front of like big crowds in big games. Yeah. Um, so it's just going to be a case of time. And if anybody knows what Pep's been doing yeah. over the last, it's, you know, 10 years, it's mm. Mikel Arteta. And you can see. The way they're playing Yeah man Well um Love for coming Appreciate Honestly man uh, no. You've probably heard it Many times But you've been Through You've been through it And honestly I, I pray That You just Keep going I pray for your health I pray that You know Your your daughter gets to like See you And you get to see Your, your daughter grow into like A big woman Get married and all that man Like long just, life and All blessings, I'm doing man. now Is setting the bar mm. For that guy that comes knocking on my door. Oh gosh. Uh we've seen bad, like boys, bad boys. We? Yeah. We've seen it. We've seen it. <laughs> chitty chitty bang. Yeah. And that's what it's gonna be like. Yeah, but um, they got married though in the, in the latest one. That's it, man. And, and and he says it to him. Fair yeah. enough. So it's like, yeah, that's it. You do, you know. I've always said like I was by my 
daughter, you know, car, house, mm. watch her get married. Um, and you, all those and things you will. You, I you will. will. You will, man. Um, it's like anything. Life's hard at times, man. Mm. But if you, you keep going. And I think I live by a motto now is like, don't live life to survive, live life to thrive. And mm. what I mean by that is enjoy yourself. Don't take life too serious because it can soon pass you by. Mm. You should, you know, you should do your own podcast. It's been said before. Um, I'm not this techie guy, man. I, I like coming on doing like nah. this is probably my first one. Really? Yeah, first one. So this is how busy I've been. I told I, you. I, I, got I, I you. see it. I, I, um, I see it. But and, um, you know, like, coronavirus or no coronavirus, I'm gonna come down. To you know Manchester what? I'm not gonna lie. You. I thought to myself. You was worried, weren't you? I, I was worried. Today. I, I thought to myself. Like, I never thought no, I was worried about the trains though Yeah I, I was like You know what That's what I was worried about That's what I was like Let me get in my car Let, let, let me just get Those of you coming here Don't think you're, you're always Going to be getting <laughs> Don't think you're, you're Getting a car here man Because Get me No way But um, Yeah I'm glad you came man And, no, it's been and this has been It's been good man It's been good It's always good to hear things that You know Because we always get stuck In our, our way of thinking And, and so narrow minded And, and and we worry about things that don't matter. And if you just hearing stuff like that, it just makes you just think, you know what? Just live life, man. Yeah, I can be a nightmare to be around nowadays. You know, someone's moaning about mm. the littlest things. I like tend to walk off now because it's, it's draining on yeah. the energy wise. Mm. But then I'm also very selective with, you know, who I'm around and mm. because it's massive. You know, you are the company you keep and mm. who you surround yourself with, who you talk with. It's, it's it goes so far and I'm all for, you know, that positive energy and I just want to say thank you for no, you know, man, inviting come on. me on. Come on, man. Thank you for coming, man. Is this you that like, you, you don't want to coach or anything? Like, you're... Uh, I don't want to be on the grass. Mm. Uh, like I said before, I, I'm more for this mindset. So, I work with, you know, young professionals mm. uh, within sport and I enjoy mentoring. Yeah. Uh, because it's nice to see somebody go from that See the improvement Then you know These setbacks Yeah man um, I hear that still I would say If anyone's perfect With dealing with setbacks Or knowing how to Put a strategy together yeah. Through setbacks Man you're only 31 and just Yeah And through. there will be oh. There'll be setbacks For me along course, the way um, But I think With what I've overcome so far It will hold me You know it'll Put me in good stead And hold me in a better place When they do come Yeah man Love that But guys Thank you Man like oh, JT apparently Yeah you can call like me JT, JT. We're family now <laughs> <laughs> Love that But um, if you want the books um, What's the book called? Darkness and Light Darkness and Light Yeah Just at me I've got, I'm have got. i going to have two copies to give away You're going to sign them And um, yeah just, just give me a reason why you want them Don't say ah oh, man wants them still Like don't come with your stupidness It's got to be some meaning Yeah yeah, yeah. Got to have some, some sort of meaning Where you're worth You're worth having it And or maybe um, who they give it to Yeah yeah. And why? No, I was with a little autistic boy the other day, and like, it's incredible. He's yeah. like, come on, he was at school, did a talk. He was like, me and you were similar. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so this kid, long hair, little glasses. I was like, how are we similar? But he was like, I moved from here to there. My mum suffered from uh, mm. uh, depression, and I've had to care for her at times. And I've been diagnosed as well. I was like, okay. He's like, I've been diagnosed with autism. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. He's like, I'm not going to let that stop me from mm, reaching my dreams. Yeah. 
And I was like, you know what, young man, I'm gonna make sure you get a little book in due time as well. Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. Like, whoever wants that book, just, just, just get, out, just get at me. Um, guys, keep liking, subscribing, sharing. Um, 2020. I know it looks like it's we should just write it off, but in terms of the podcast, it's been a good start, and you've definitely added to that. And this is actually be one of my favorite ones. So, um, love for that, man. And um, don't tell anyone else that. Listen, <laughs> being honest, uh, you have to listen. Some people nah, I that, seen the Andy Cole one, man. It was it was powerful. Oh. that's when I was like, I'm gonna get down there no matter what. Yeah, man, and and yeah, now that Andy Cole one is just for me, man. He's a legend. He's first he's, he's one of my heroes, man. But then when you put that aside, he's a real straight talking guy, and he it's, says it how it is. Proper and, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper. Yeah. Oh, listen, that one. You know, literally up until yesterday, because I'm still getting tweets about it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then up until yesterday, I'm I'm looking and I'm like, Andy Cole was sitting. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. It's proper crazy. And I never would have thought that I'm not someone that gets that like, starstruck with football, like footballers mm-hmm. or whatever. I've got enough of them around me. And mm-hmm. that. But Andy Cole for me is is just like from a flipping podcast. But was it not? As the podcast went, and you know what he's experienced since football's finished, mm. it shows on a human level. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. It's like because when you come away from the this is Andy Cole and you just yeah. hear him talk, you you strip away all of that. Oh, you get to meet the man, yeah, and the man, and I'm just so happy because you know there's that thing where you know you, know, you don't want to meet your heroes. Do you and know what I'm saying? Casey let you down. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't let me down one bit. Nah, not one bit. Like I respect him more. Oh, anyway, I can talk about that all day long. <laughs> but yeah, guys, hope you've enjoyed this. Keep like, subscribing, sharing. Hashtag counterattack podcast. Not hashtag the counterattack. Not hashtag the counterattack. Hashtag counterattack podcast because that's the only one I check. And whenever I do check the other one and I see the tweets, I'm not responding to them. Just so you know. No, I'm joking. <laughs> guys, in a bit, we're out. Hey.